Hallelujah. Amen. I've decided to follow Jesus. Me too. Hallelujah. No, don't go with me. I'll still follow. Not the cost. Thank you, Lord. No matter what it takes. Hello, guys. Hello, everyone. What a blessing. This is the day that the Lord has made. Thank you so much, Lord, for this time that we get to gather and worship you, God, in spirit and in truth. Yes, Lord. I pray, Lord, that these times are not taken for granted, Lord. I pray, God, that you would have everyone here full attention, uh, all completely on you. And I pray that all phones would be down, all hearts would be open. I pray all eyes would be open for the truth and all ears would be open to receive what you have for us tonight. Yes, I pray, God, that you would encounter us and meet us in different ways individually to meet exactly what we in need of yes. tonight. And I pray, God, that you would give Pastor Don the exact word to say, God. I pray that he would be led by the Spirit in everything that he does, God, in every single word that come out of his mouth. I pray, God, it would be edifying. And I pray, God, that it would touch souls in this room. I pray, God, that you would meet the needs and that you would get the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you. Wonderful right. prayer, brother. Amen. Thank you, brother. What you looking for? I was looking to turn my ringer off on my phone. Okay. Make sure your ringer's off on your phone, if you would, please. Amen. Thank you. No, you're good, sister. <laughs> <laughs> amen. Praise the Lord. It's good to see everyone tonight. What a blessing. Hey, David. David's walking in. David! Uh, would you introduce everybody on, uh, on Skype for How us? How's it going, man? So, uh... <clears throat> Uh, Scott, I'm sorry, um, Wes, Glenn, Chris, Glenn, okay, nice Hello. to see you, Glenn, 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 I want you to meet one of our new brothers here, uh, this is Braxton, Braxton here, all right, so hey, Braxton, we have title here. Glenn, Braxton. huh, Hello, Braxton. yeah, Hello, yeah, Braxton, and we also have 
And we also have Todd. This is Todd joining us tonight. Big Ben. Ben, you with us every night. Good. Terry and David. Good. Uh-huh. Good. It's is David, is David Kohler is David Kohler there? David Kolar? Kohler. Yes. All right. Thank you, David. Okay. Uncle Braxton. Hey. All right. Praise the Lord. Um, Miss Claire? Miss Claire and Don? Claire and Don up there? Uh oh, we lost Claire. Miss Claire? Oh, there she is. Claire Griggs. Yeah, there she is, but I'm not hearing her. Okay. Turn your microphone on, Claire. Claire. <laughs> Hello, Claire. We miss you guys. Thank you, Lord. And you too. Nice to have you all tonight. We have two guests in the room tonight. I uh, hope they're not guests. I hope they're here with us always. Braxton has committed to that. That's a blessing. And I hope you're with Amen. us also, brother. I've heard so many wonderful things of your boldness in the Lord and you standing in Christ. And it blesses me. Ben has told me that, man, I got a fella that is getting fired up for God. <laughs> and just uh, he doesn't mind talking to anyone. I heard y'all get so loud over there in uh, Mason's Grill that everybody hears the gospel while y'all are over there. So what a blessing. Would you just introduce yourself and uh, tell us a little bit about what's going on with you, Todd? Would you mind doing that? No, not at all. My name's Todd Rhea, Zachary. Uh, I've struggled with drugs in the past. And, uh, you know, due to the pain, I, I lost a loved one about a year ago and was walking through a lot of depression suicidal thoughts and you know just all the stuff that comes with that lifestyle and you know Ben was a part of my life years ago and God orchestrated the whole thing man put him back in my life for a reason you know and here I am today I haven't had any thoughts of suicide or drugs or God's delivered me from all that thank you Lord Praise God. We're, we're, we're so, so thankful to have you with us tonight. I've been looking forward to meeting you and uh, getting to know you. And uh, I like the spirit that I feel coming off from you. Thank you. I like the soberness and sober-mindedness of, uh, of that we got a serious gospel here and that, uh, you know, you found yourself in a desperate situ- situation and the need of God in your life and to, uh, to help you. He said we're fellow helpers with God, that he will strengthen us as, when we come to him. Um, and now in your life, if you don't mind me asking you, um, where are you at in your experience with God? Have you turned from all sin? Yeah, I, I struggle with certain things, you know. Okay, we want to help you with that, you know, if we can tonight, you know, to help you through those things. We all have temptations and trials in our life. We, that never goes away. Yeah. But there's a scripture in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. I'm sure Ben has shared with you that says, No temptation has taken, taken you, but such as is common to man. God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able, but will make a way of escape. So during those temptations, if we take that way of escape every time, we won't fall into that sin. So always be aware of that to come through that and take that place. God always provides a place there. Uh, but all of us go through temptations. All of us go through struggles. Uh, but, but thank God at Christ, in Christ Jesus, for one thing, we've made up our minds now that we, we've changed our minds, uh, which actually that's what repentance means, is a change of mind, which uh, also counters a change of heart, which, be, which uh, brings you to a place of becoming a new creature where old things are past 
and all things become new. Uh, so in Christ, uh, as we do that and as we make our change of mind, it causes a reflection also in our life where we have a full repentance. You see, uh, a lot of people will teach that uh, you can just come forward, you can just repent of the drugs or the alcohol, but yet, not, but yet they still have trouble with porn or other things. It's all got to go, and, yeah. and I know that you understand that, and that you you come you coming through that or have come through that. And what I think I believe I've learned, me me and him edifying each other, man. Is if I don't change everything, I'll be right back to stuff. So, yeah, uh, it's all got to change for this to be a what a blessing. Yeah. What a blessing. Amen. Uh, it's been a real blessing to me because God is showing him things that God showed me with the whole program with the Alcoholics Anonymous thing, and you know. And that's what kind of led us back together, and and, I want, and and I'm here to help, and I'm being obedient to what God has for me. But God's showing him the same things He was showing me with the false doctrine that's going on with the Alcoholics Anonymous, that they're painting this picture of make up your own higher power. And that's what He's around, and that's what I'm around in the place where we live. But it's been such a major blessing to see what God's doing. His come life. out of that, yeah. To have that, when I got, well, look, He went to a. He was going to come, and then he went to a meeting last week, and he said, man, i, I got to go to where you're going. Every time you leave there, you sound like so encouraged. And where I went was just a bunch of just just leaven and just garbage. It's really, I mean, you know, it's defeat, and it's about victory. We need to walk in victory. Amen. What Jesus is doing. Amen. And it just encourages me. Good job. We man. talk all day. We go back and forth, and he's got something. We break it down. We got in the book of James on Friday night at the coffee shop and interrupted everybody's coffee in the name of Jesus. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. Of, I mean, because I'm, I'm not a very, I'm not a quiet, like a mouse guy. I'm pretty loud. And so uh, we just been. It's just, no. It's just, it's just really been a. Um, God gave you a trumpet. A Sound it. <laughs> it's been a tremendous blessing. Amen. Yeah. I am so thankful, uh, you know, um, being Ben's dad. Uh, to see where he has been and to, then to see him come out of that and be such on fire for God. And I'm, I'm hearing the same things about you. You've been down that same path. And uh, God, uh, and you, 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 Jesus, the Lord said, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. And he's already, he's already done the first step. And the first step was the cross. He took that on. Now he's saying, now it's your step to draw near to me and then I'm going to draw near to you and I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you. I'm going to bring you to this is, is We both tried the 12 step picking your own higher power. It didn't work for neither one of us. There's no power. There's no power in it. There's power in it. And, 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 this is, and he's around it. And, and they're preaching their gospel. And, and, and he's watching their, their fruits of their life with them juggling these women and lying and manipulating and cheating and robbing, whatever. And, he, and God's showing him, you know, like he showed me. And it's just, uh, yeah. You know, um, I, want, I want to give you a scripture in the book of Galatians, and then I want to go further with that, but I want to just give you a scripture, what you're talking about there uh, in, with the, with the um, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, Drugs Anonymous, and also other ways of trying to tell people uh, what they need to do. Galatians chapter 1. Um, here is some people that actually, the Galatians were people that had actually started a work in the Lord, um, and started following the Lord, but start, then they began to go back to some false teaching. And Paul um, references that here in uh, verse 6 of chapter 1 of Galatians. He says, I marvel 
that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ into another gospel. He says, which is not another, but there is be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. That's a perversion of the gospel of Jesus Christ to try to tell you another way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to the Father but through me. And someone will try to pervert this gospel and add things to it or take it away. And the scripture is very clear that whoever does that will have their part of the lake of fire. But I wanted to show you here, he says in verse 8, he says, but though, but though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. That's some strong words. Yes, uh, and he, then he goes again, verse 9, he says, as we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that you have received, let him be accursed. He's like, man, I, I want to tell you this is the way it is. And he goes on, and I want, I want to finish this because he says in verse 10, he says, for do I now seek to uh, now persuade men or God? Am, am I seeking to please God am I, or, or am I seeking to please men? And that's what we get with a lot of what the people are calling a gospel today. They want to please man and make and like take the narrow gate and let's just broaden that gate so we can get more people in. Let's not really preach the true gospel. Let's, let's broaden the gate and say, look, you can still get in with your sin. You can still get in the way you are. Just come to the Lord like you are. He's going to clean you up. All this. That's broadening the gate when he said narrow is the way. He said, he said, or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I'm not the servant of Christ. If I'm trying to please man, I'm, I'm, I can't, you can't be both of them. That's why he said to come out from among them. Don't listen to that. In um, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, I just want to share one other thing with you on that same discourse. He says here, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul writes uh, again here. Verse, we'll start at verse 1. Would to God that you could bear with me in a little of my folly. And indeed, bear with me. For I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy. For I have espoused you or engaged you to one husband, that I may present you as pure, chaste virgins to Christ. Now, virgin means they have not committed fornication with another person or not committed fornication with the world. What he's saying is, I want you to be a virgin in the Lord, that you're not touching any unclean thing. God, you've, you've left that old life and you're walking in simplicity in the purity of Jesus Christ. But I fear, lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety. Mm-hmm. How did the serpent the, the, beguile her? Oh, he used scripture. He tried to, tried to ploy in with and try to persuade her to go another way than what God had said to go, right? He told her, you can eat. He told, the serpent told, uh, told Eve, you can eat that fruit. It's good for, it looks good for the taste. It looks good. And you will not die. A lie. And we got to be careful with that, brother. We got to see and, and, and follow the, word, the words of Christ and not the words of man, even though we may offend somebody, even though somebody may not like us. See, we're not seeking to please men. We're seeking to please God here. That's what we're walking in. It's not about making somebody else happy and doing this and that. We got to tell the truth. 
talking to Cedric, they said, Cedric, we got to preach the gospel. Because mm-hmm. Jesus said, preach the gospel. Don't worry about what anybody says about you or does this or that and let that move you. Our goal is that we have a mission to get the truth out in this world, in a dying world that's going to hell. Yeah. And, and if, if somebody says, well, you, you don't say it this way, I don't know that I'm going to get another opportunity that with, with that person again. That might be the last opportunity I get. That person may get killed in a car accident. May, may, something may happen to them. I may never get that opportunity again. We need to, to be instant, in season, out of season, and preach this gospel to all creatures. Amen. But he says here, he says, but I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Mm-hmm. For if he that cometh preaches another Jesus. Yeah. Some people are preaching another Jesus. That's not the Jesus I know about. They're preaching somebody else because they're saying, well, Jesus did this. Jesus took your place and you, you, you know, he don't see your sin anymore. That's another Jesus. It is. That's not the Jesus that's in the scriptures. <laughs> that's not what he said. He said for you to repent. He didn't say he was going to repent for you. He told you to turn from your sin. And he goes on here and he says, uh, Eve through his still, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity in Christ. The gospel of Jesus Christ is simple. It is. Just follow what the word says. Quit trying to make it mean something else. Mm-hmm. It's simple fact. Be obedient. Walk in his obedience. For he that cometh preaches another Jesus whom, you have not, whom we have not preached, or you receive another spirit which we have not received, or another gospel which you have accepted, you might well bear with him. Let's go a little bit further here. Let's go over to verse, um, verse 12. For what I do that I will do, that I may cut off occasion from them which desire occasion, that wherein they glory they may, may be found even as we. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. They're transforming themselves into ministers, into saying they're preachers of Christ. And no marvel, listen, that's not a surprise. For Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. He acts like he's on the outside like he's an angel of light. Therefore, it is no secret thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness. Wow. <laughs> Underline that one. Wow. They're going to transform because they look, they look like they're ministers of righteousness. Wow. <laughs> wow. Talk about what? Talk about righteousness. Can we talk about righteousness? Righteousness, yeah, absolutely. What what is righteousness? I mean, I have my own definition, more or less, and live my life, trying to live my life according to Christ. Uh, Every day, it's, it's a struggle for me as well, just like it is for anybody else. Go to 1 John chapter 3. Familiar scripture to a lot of them. You're already there, huh? <laughs> there you go, brother. I, I want to get back to Braxton, too. I want Braxton to First John chapter 3. First John chapter 3 and verse 7. 7. Little children, let no man deceive you. A lot of people will say they're righteous, but let's see what righteous really is. Okay, now just like you asked, here's your answer to your question. He that doeth righteousness is righteous even as he is righteous. So who's the righteous person? The one that's doing it. 
It's a person that's saying, well, I'm righteous because of the blood of Jesus, and I'm righteous because I just received his gift, and I'm righteous, but they're not doing righteous. Is that person righteous? That person's deceived. Because he thinks he's righteous, and he's not. He thinks he's ready to meet the Lord, and he's not. Not according to what, the, what, what John, John wrote right here in verse 7. But look what it says. Let's go further. But he that commits sin is of the devil. I'm sorry. I didn't write that. That's in the Bible. That's the word of God. For the devil sins from the beginning. This was the purpose that the Son of God died. That he came, that it was manifested. To destroy the works of the devil. What's the works of the devil? Sin. He, that's what Jesus did. He was manifested for. Whoever is born of God does not commit sin. Speaking in the present tense, you, you're really born of God. You're not, going, you're not committing those sins of the death. For a seed remains in him, he cannot sin because he's children. And, and he says, in this, the children of God are manifest. This is how you know you're a child of God. This is how you know the children of God. In this, the children of God are manifest and the children of the devil. Whoever doeth not righteousness is not of God. There it is again. If you're not doing righteousness, you can say you're righteous, you can say you're a minister of righteousness, but if you're not doing righteousness, you're not of God. Period. End of story. Because that's what the Word of God says. She's asking for a definition of righteousness. The, defi- the definition of, of righteousness is holy, blameless, without spot, no sin. Okay? Now watch this. Go to, go to Luke chapter 1. Just show you one, just show you a couple a couple of people Luke in here. Chapter one. Luke chapter one. <clears throat> Preaching. Hmm? Preaching. Luke chapter one. Come on. Verse five. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judah, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abi, and his wife was the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. So we have Zacharias, and we have Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God. Just to show you somebody, you said, well, who is righteous? What is righteous? These people were both righteous. Now, look what it says. Why does it say they're righteous? Walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. That's a person who's righteous. And they were both righteous. Let me see, what's up? You can't be righteous. It says they were righteous. It says they were obeying the commandments of God. It says they were walking in all the ordinances. No, and they were walking blameless. You know what blameless means? You can't blame nothing on them. There's nothing you can blame on them. They walk in holy and righteous Amen. before the Lord. Amen. I had gone to lunch with Get bold. Say it loud. I, I was. I had one guy, one guy I was with one time. This guy was really bold. Yeah. He was getting ready to eat and he said, okay, we're going to pray. And he stood up on top of the table in the restaurant and he said, we're all going to pray. Bow your heads. And everybody in the whole restaurant bowed their heads and prayed. <laughs> so try that one with your daughter next time. Honey, okay, thank you. I'm going to pray. Where are you going, mom? I'm standing on top of the table. I'm just going to pray for everybody. <laughs> he was a bold fella. <laughs> 
Yeah, stand on top of the table, yeah. preach it. I mean, if you're Walmart or whatever, uh, we could go to any store. I don't need a stranger. I love everyone, and I can carry on a conversation. And next thing you know, something they're going to say is going to lead to Christ. So I'll start. And we'll have church right there. Mm-hmm. It's just, wow, for goodness sakes. She says, come on. She says, do you have to do this everywhere we go? I said, yeah. Amen. Good, good for you. We're going to need some communions too later. I'm not perfect, but I strive to be. It's a struggle every day. Every Jesus, day. Jesus made a command in Matthew chapter 5, verse 48. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Matthew 5, 48. You've got to get this. Yep. You have to get this. This will encourage you. Jesus said this. He said, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. That is so hard. I prayed over my kids today. They left the door to uh, Listen to me. You've been taught all your life nobody's perfect. But yet the scripture does not say that. The scripture says the very opposite. We just read about Zacharias and his wife Elizabeth. They were perfect. Yeah. They were perfect. That doesn't, doesn't mean they were perfect in knowledge and all understanding. What it means is it was perfect in the sense that they were not sinning. Yeah. Okay? okay? So when, Jesus, when, the, when the Bible says, be perfect as you fall, then heaven is perfect, you quit sin. Mm-hmm. You see? And so don't say, well, I'm not perfect, but you can't be perfect, because that's not true. Jesus, the, the scripture demands that. And in, yeah. in, uh, in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 19, I think it says, Jesus said, Be holy, even as I am holy. Amen. How holy is that? Just mm-hmm. as holy as Jesus is holy? Because that's what he calls us to walk in, to walk in that holiness. Yeah. Matter of fact, in, in, um, in Hebrews 5, 9, it says, Without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. So if there's not holiness, if we're not walking blameless before the Lord, we, can't see the, we, can't, we won't see God. In Ephesians chapter 5, when he speaks of the church, he said he's coming back for a church that's spotless, without wrinkle, <coughs> blameless. That's the church he's coming for. Now's the time to get sin out of your life. Verse 27. Before we go further, I, I want to um, hear something from Braxton. Braxton called me last night. Uh, the Lord is, 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 is dealing with him. And uh, I want to uh, just introduce and just tell him a little bit about yourself, Braxton. Would you do that? Okay. Well, hey, how you guys doing? I'm Braxton Johnson. Um, so lately I've been like seeing trying to creep back into my life, back and forth. So I'm just trying to get on the path with God to walk in his, um, in his word, in his alignment, trying to, you know, stay away from sin pretty much. I need, I'm looking for a leadership. I'm looking for wisdom in the word. You know what I'm saying? I'm just trying to transform and renew my mind. So. Amen. Thank you, Braxton. Does anybody have anything to say on um, on Skype? There, uh, any of you guys want to say something that will encourage Braxton and 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 these brethren here? Uh, anybody got a word? Yeah, I got. I, I'd like to say something just in line with what you're saying, but awesome. Uh, you know, glad to see that you're searching and hungry for the truth, Braxton. It's nice that you're a part to to be a part of our fellowship. Um, just to go in line with uh, the definition of righteousness, uh, or whoever was asking that, I'm not sure. Um, but Second Peter, I'm trying to close the door. The dogs are trying to get in. Second Peter chapter, uh, one of them is Second uh, Peter chapter two. It's 
verse 20 says, For it activated the state the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So they've escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. They are again entangled in them and overcome. The latter end for them is uh, for them is worse than the beginning. For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness. So this is having escaped the corruption of the world is knowing the way of righteousness. And it says, for it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than righteousness than having known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. So the holy commandment delivered to them is the commandment of love. And, and love, uh, according to what the scripture says, faith works by love, and love works no ill to its neighbor. Love doesn't rejoice in iniquity, it rejoices in the truth. So it doesn't rejoice in sin, it rejoices in the truth. It escapes the corruption of the world through love. So to define what righteousness is, according to this passage, it has to do with, you know, really crucifying the flesh with its passions and desires and turning from all that the world, you know, uh, is striving after. Um, that's what I would say, because, you know, he's, he's saying that these people turn away from that, and then it really defines what, um, what the opposite of that is, you know, in, in this passage. So just to add to that. Amen. Thank you, brother. Anybody else have something they want to add? Uh, can I uh, just say something? Absolutely, Glenn. Uh, what I noticed lately was uh, saying, be therefore perfect as your Father in heaven is. I saw that in context with um, context with when he was saying, uh, bless, bless them that persecute you, pray for them that despitefully use you. So my understanding, I don't want to um, contradict, but my understanding of that was in our relation to how people treat us for the gospel's sake more more than um, our perfection as in our uh, our behaviour, like as being holy. That, that's just what I'm saying, what, what I felt God was showing me, that as in our relation to the world and those that come against us. Amen. Do you know where I've been? It's blessed them that persecute you, pray for them that spitefully you, you rejoice when you're and be exceedingly glad, then it says, be ye therefore perfect. Um, so, uh, that's just what uh, I saw the Holy Spirit um, highlighting to me only recently. <clears throat> um, yeah, Glenn, it would be both. It would be, your, it, it is loving your brother, laying down your life. No greater love than this than to lay down your life for your brethren. So it, it doesn't have everything to do with loving your brother, but it also has to do with loving the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, soul, and strength. Amen. That's the fulfillment of the entirety of the law, or fulfilling and, and obeying the perfect law of liberty. So that's what we're under in the new covenant is the law of Christ, and we establish that law. So they're one and the same. You can't separate loving your brother from loving God. That's why Jesus, when he talked about it in Matthew 25, he said, when, 
that if people said, when were you sick? When, you know, when were you in prison? When? He goes, as you did it to the least of these, my brethren, you did it unto me. That you can't separate the two. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Because when you look at the overall of chapter 5, uh, you know, he, he goes from uh, talking about uh, not one tittle or one dot will, will be taken away from the law until everything be fulfilled. He talks about that whosoever shall um, do those things that are written in the law and teach men so shall be called greatest in the kingdom of heaven and whosoever shall break the least of these commandments and teach men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. Then after that, he goes into, unless your righteousness exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. Then he goes even further, and, and he expands the law in saying that, you know, that you, before you wasn't supposed to kill your brother, but now if you're angry with your brother, you're in trouble of hellfire. He says, uh, he goes and he talks about that uh, before it was said, do not commit adultery, but I say to you that whoever looks upon a woman with lust in his heart has committed adultery already, and if, you're, if your hand offend you, cut it off. If, uh, or it's better to go to heaven with one hand than to go to hell with two. Uh, if your eye offend you, pluck it out. Uh, so he's talking about all these things. If one go to court and take away your coat, give him your cloak also. He's talking about, an, you would say an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, but I say to, uh, uh, to, not, to resist not evil. So he's talking about a lot of... Uh, Things that, uh, that you're to do, if one compel you to go one mile, go with him too. So the whole context of that scripture is uh, a living of holiness. And, and of course, just like, like you said, Wes, uh, and I agree, I would agree with Bob, I agree with you, Glenn, I, I think it's really both. Uh, but, but the law, we're under the law of liberty, the royal law, which is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. If I love my neighbor as myself, and Braxton, um, if I'm loving you as, my, as, my, as myself, then I'm not going to steal from you. Right. I'm not going to kill you. I'm not going to talk bad about you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do all those things that are spoken of in Matthew 5 because of my love for you, which love in Romans 13 is the fulfillment of the law. If all the law is wrapped up in those two commandments, to love the Lord your God with all your, with, with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. You follow that love is the more excellent way, Revelation 12, I mean, 1 Corinthians 12, 31 says, that that's the excellent way. You can't go wrong with that because that will fulfill the law. And that's what we walk in. That is the royal law. But I'm, I'm thankful, Braxton, that you, you came to, to today, that you took that step, that, you've, uh, that you have, that you're admitting you're, you've, you're, you're, that you're fallen, that you've sinned. Uh, there's conviction of your sin, and that's showing the, the Holy Spirit is dealing with that's what he came for to convict us of sin and, and that you want to do something about it, you know, and, and to turn from that. And uh, of course, that's what the scripture says that the first thing that has to happen in a person is they have to, uh, they have to understand they get the fear of the Lord because by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil and they have the fear of the Lord. Then they have a godly sorrow for what they've done. And obviously, you called me last night, I, I heard a brokenness in you, that, that you were broken, that you, you had that godly sorrow. And that leads to repentance. And it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance, the Romans 2 says. So it's led you here to a place of where repentance is, okay, I've changed my mind. You told me last night, I don't want to do that anymore. I want to follow the Lord. I don't want to go back and forth. I want to have a one true repentance and go forth forward with the Lord. Amen. And uh, I encourage you to come tonight. You've come. You've taken that step. 
I encourage you to continue to be around your brethren because the Bible says not to forsake the assembling together of ourselves as the manner of some is, to be with your brethren and to, uh, and, and to participate in that. But uh, we, we, we pray for you. Uh, we we want to see you uh, come all the way, all the you know, way. all the way in. And, and uh, we, a lot of us have done that here where we uh, changed our minds and we're not, we're not going to sin anymore. Correct. We're going to wait till righteousness and we quit sinning and, and uh, walking in the Lord. So I'm, I'm very proud and, and happy to have you tonight. I want you to feel welcome. You to feel uh, you also to feel welcome here with us. We, welcome, Todd. We we all had a past. We all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Nobody is better than somebody else. We esteem others higher than ourselves. We want to be an encouragement with one another to help one another in their walk in the Lord. All that are in Christ Jesus suffer persecution. You, you will have trouble in this world, but we take courage because God has overcome. Christ has overcome. So we want to encourage one another to do that. And I just want to just, just shine a light on that word, have, you know. All yeah, have. yeah. Uh, the scripture says in Romans 3.23 that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That means, yes, you messed up in the past. Yeah. It doesn't say that all do fall short. So, so in the future, sin is to be done away with, to walk in Christ. It, that some people use that and try to use it in a different form than other than what it says. But you, you're right that we walk forward in the goodness, in the mercy, in the perfection, in the holiness of the Lord. Amen. Amen. You, everybody understand that pretty well? Okay. Romans 2 what? It's Romans. Um, You're a good note taker. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Give her Romans 2. Romans uh, 3.23 No, no, she wants the scripture about um, uh, Romans 2.4. The goodness of God leads the man to repentance. Yeah, okay. To learn the word of God. That's good. The scripture says to study to show yourself approved, a workman that needs not be ashamed. First Timothy two fifteen. So uh, she's gonna write that one down too, because that's good. Because because you want to know the word, because you want to be approved before God. You want to live that word. You want to walk in that word. And so Jesus said when he was in Matthew chapter four when he said that. uh, you know, to turn that stone into bread, Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So we stick to the word of God. This is the authority in our life. Second uh, Peter chapter, um, chapter 3, verse 15 and 16 says, say that his word, that the word of God is, is God breathed. It's, it's, a, it's an inspired word of God. That teaches us and, and directs us for all reproof, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness that we'd be perfect in, in Christ Jesus. So that's a good scripture too. Okay, anybody else have a comment right now? You have anything, Cedric? I, I, I don't. Ben. Yeah, I do. Um, okay, so. Jim. No, you can. Put your leg down and she'll put it on. <laughs> so I know in my life. What you say, Ben? You have to totally be aware of what the enemy is doing in this warfare that you're in. So in my life, as far as like watching an R-rated movie that I could write, oh, everybody cousin, right? That is your choice to sit there and watch that type of film. And what happens is when you open up the door, a touch, the enemy's coming in and then you start compromise. And then and then he puts more stuff on there and he, then your conscience gets seared. And then you're before you know it, you're back out there doing the stuff that you used to be doing before you, you were in Christ, 
and, and you've got to be very careful of the schemes and the tricks of the enemy. He go, he's like a lion, scripture, right. and he is, he is seeking after who he may devour. So we have to be very aware, and you don't let any leaven come in because it's going to leaven the whole lot. None it's straight. Leaven. I mean, you, seriously, like, I'll watch stuff that's PG-13 and cut it off because I'm not going to subject myself to, I'm not going to, any filth is going to leaven the whole lot, man. And I just want to encourage you, you confess your sin one another, that we pray for healing is what the scripture says. Mm-hmm. And you're doing you're doing the right thing. And, and man, I, I encourage you, if you need something, it, iron sharpens the iron like we do right. all day long, man, it helps me to help you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so it's uh I'm, I'm very, I'm very encouraged. Man. You know, the scripture Ben was saying it was in Ephesians chapter four, verse twenty-seven. It says, Neither give any place to the devil. Yeah, talk you about see, that. what talk it means about what that. it means to give place to the devil. Let me give you a for instance. Say, say you've got this, um, this piece of property. And uh, in the middle, somebody wants to buy a part of that property. And so they buy a piece of property right in the middle of that acreage. So you've got 10 acres, and they buy it right in the middle of that, that piece of property. And they come in there, and you let them come in. And they come in there, and they just start trashing the play. I mean, they throw in trash everywhere. They make it a mess everywhere. It's just a real mess. And you, you, you tell that fellow, listen... You, you, you've got to get out of here. And he says, no, I'm not, you sold me the property. It's my property. I, I, I can do what I want with it. And, and, uh, which you, and to get him out, you, you have to get the attorney. You have to get, get him out of here. Well, you don't want to give any place to him because he, when he comes in, he's going to trash up everything. He trashed up the whole property. So you don't give any place. Like Ben said, the already moving or whatever it is. You know, you, you, you can't give place to him. You see, that's why the Bible says in, in, first, in first Peter 5, 9. By faith, 5, 8. 5, 9. Boy, you corrected me, man. He says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, think about that. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, who is your adversary? The devil. Do you have an adversary? Do you have an enemy? Absolutely. Do you have somebody who wants to steal that away from you and get you to go back and maybe follow these, this other way? Absolutely. But your adversary is walking around like a roaring lion. How, what does that mean? He's loud. He's speaking. He tries to shoot darts in your ear yes. to try to get you to think, uh, think on something you shouldn't be thinking on or do something you shouldn't be doing. And he'll do that. He'll dangle something in front of you and say, man, if you do this, you'll be happy. Because that's a lie. You may be happy for a little while, for a little season, but the end result, you know what he does. It's horrible. So he said, be sober vigilant because you ever said the devil walks about like a ruined lion seeking whom he may devour. He wants to destroy you. Yes, he does. And, and like when you go fishing and you put that bait on that thing, you know, you're trying to get the right bait to get just like the devil doing, trying to put the right bait on, see if he's going to bite any of them. Mm-hmm. And I always do. They'll just put something in front of you, see if he's going to bite. And, and if you bite, then he, puts, he sets the hook. And once you set the hook, that's when you're enticed. That's when you're trapped. Right. You see, then you have to have the deliverance Lord. But, but the Bible says to resist him Verse nine. steadfast in the faith. Yeah. Resist the devil. How do you do that? Okay, so you got these, guys, you got these thoughts coming at you. You got these darts that the enemy's coming at you like a roaring lion. You're in that struggle. You're going through that thing like we, you talked about. How do you stop all that? Okay? The scripture says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. In other words, you don't take a gun and try to shoot them. It's not a fleshly means. Carnal means fleshly or earthly. 
you know, weapons of your, your warfare are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. You're not fighting against flesh and blood like in Ephesians 6.12 says, but you're fighting against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. It's not that other person. Now, the enemy can use that other person as a human guise and speak through them to come at you. But, but you still, you're having this coming at you. So you, your weapon's not carnal, but mighty through God to pull down the strongholds and to bring out every thought. Captive. Pull down every thought, bring it captive to the obedience of Jesus Christ. So when you resist the devil, a lot of times what he'll get you to do is he'll come at you with something and he'll just bombard your mind. And you can sit there and fight it and, and you think of this and that. You have to change your mind. Okay, you don't, you don't just sit there and dwell on it. You change your mind. Like Paul said in, in Philippians chapter 4, I think it's verse 9, he says, in, think on these things. Think on those things that are good and pure and in honest and of good virtues. You get out of that atmosphere. If you flee youthful lust, you run from that, he says. Run from it in that, in that temptation. And you put your mind in the Lord. Let your mind be in obedience of Christ. Verse 8. First thing, oh, I'm waffling, right? So, so, so you see what I'm saying? You don't, you don't sit there and let that dwell because I see so many folks mm-hmm. that will, will, will uh, they walk in for a while, Appreciate but something will come out. It could be financial, it could be another woman, it could be another man, it could be whatever, and they get overwhelmed, and their mind is just thinking about that all the time. You can't do that. You got to leave those thoughts and put those thoughts on the Lord and let the Lord direct your mind. Obedience to the Lord. Amen. And a lot of people get captive to that sure. and then they get pulled away and get in a mess. Ben? Yeah, um, absolutely think on things about it. But another thing is, is that I found in my personal life, you know, uh, exposed what the enemy is doing. Number one, say, say, say I'm going through some kind of trial or something that's going on, and I will call you. And then I would expose that. And then for some reason, and it's not really a scripture or anything. But yes, it is. James chapter 5 says, okay. says confess your faults one to <laughs> well, another. Yeah. So, so that's, that's real life application. If I'm being attacked, the worst thing you can do is sit there and dwell on it. First you cry out to God and then call a brother that's a believer as well and then expose it. And that's what's, you know, because you're going to go through some trial and tribulation. Count it all joy. I mean, it's just, seriously, you're just working that endurance. But expose it. You know, hey, look, I'm being tempted with this. This is going on bombarded with this. I got this situation. Expose it to somebody. You know? Somebody that's a believer. Before you wanted to hide it, right? You want to hide it. You know, because what's he going to think about me if I'm doing this? And it's, uh, that's what the enemy wants you to do. To, to be defeated. Somebody want to say something on Skype? Yeah, I'd like to say something. Hello? Hey, Glenn. Yeah, go ahead. Hey, Glenn. All right. Uh, just a few scripture verses. Okay. We go back to um, uh, temptation. Uh, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 18. Amen. I That's find good. tremendous help Hebrews 2, 18, where that he himself having... Uh, Suffered temptation, being tempted. Yeah. He is able to secure them that are tempted. Uh, I find it's a tremendous comfort to know that Jesus has been tempted too, and he is able 
Scott, let me stop you just a second, Glenn. A lot of people may not know what secure means. Uh, you want to explain what secure means? Uh, I understand secure means to help us. That's, that's right. right. That's, that's correct. That's the strong definition of it, to help you. That's right. Oh, that's, that's in it, yeah, yeah. Okay. And um, in uh, Hebrews 3, verse, uh, no, sorry, it should go to um, Hebrews, uh, which For, is a, Chapter Which, 4. Which, um, uh, talks in this verse. It says, For we have not an high priest... 4.15. Hebrews 4.15. Yeah, sorry, Hebrews 4.15 and 16. Yes. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points entered like as we are, yet without sin. talked about love being the fulfillment of the law and he says in verse 10 he said he that loves his brother abides continues in the light what is the light righteousness holiness and there is no occasion of stumbling in him he's not stumbling at all because he's walking in that love and that's where every person must come to that place where sin 
stops in her life because sin is not going to get into the kingdom of God. Revelation chapter, the last two verse, ch chapter 22. Uh, 22, no, no, chapter 21, 21 verse 27. 21, 21 and 27 also, says that no, nothing defiled will enter. Mm -hmm. Sin must stop in our lives now mm -hmm. because those mm -hmm. sins of death will, bring us to, will, bring, will not bring us eternal life. And that's the whole... Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Theon, Matthew chapter 5, where Jesus says, um, you know, if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out, cast it from you. How can you cast your eye from you and you still be lusty? It's impossible. How can you cut your hand off when it offends you, if it causes you to stumble, and how can you still be sinning with it? It's impossible. The Bible says your eye, if your eye is single, which is it's not it's not divided, you're not double-minded, it's single, how could your how could your eye be stuck on sin? How could you still be sinning? This is what this is what John says. First John chapter five, uh, verse eighteen. We know that whoever is born of God does, does not, not sin. sin. But he who has been born of God keeps himself. He keeps himself. That's what it says. It doesn't say God keeps him. It doesn't say God did righteousness for you. It says he keeps himself and the wicked one touches him not. The wicked one doesn't touch him. Why? Because he keeps himself. That's why. Amen, Wes. Amen. Hey, I want to I want to add to that, Wes. Hey, Wes. If you um, in Jude chapter one verse twenty four, it says, "Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling, and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceedingly joy, and to the only wise God and our Savior be glory and majesty, dominion and power forever." That's in Jude <coughs> chapter one verse twenty four. Also, to add to what you said, um. In Romans 2, Glenn, uh, I'm sorry, in uh, Hebrews 2, Glenn, you were talking about uh, in verse 18, for he, for in him, I'm sorry, for he, uh, <clears throat> in that he himself had suffered being tempted in uh, Hebrews 2, 18, uh, being tempted, he is able to secure them that are tempted. Um, if you go to, <clears throat> excuse me, if you go to the book of First uh, Peter chapter 4, in verse 1, mm -hmm. it says also, it says, For as much then as Christ have suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves or strengthen yourselves likewise with the same exact mind <clears throat> as Christ. Okay, yeah. For he that have suffered in the flesh have ceased from sin. That's talking about mankind. He quit sinning. <clears throat> right? Quit. Right. And then it says in verse 2 in 1 Peter 4, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh, to the lust of men, but to the will of God, is what it says. <clears throat> Excuse me. Amen. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. Uh, another one is, is you know, a lot of people <clears throat> want to say, well, I'm in this process of sanctification, and I'm crucifying the flesh, and I'm going on, and I'm not at that place yet. But actually, if you read Galatians chapter 5 and verse 24, Paul writes this, and he says... And they that are Christ, they that are Christian, have crucified. Have, that is past tense, crucified the flesh with the affections, passions, and desires, and lust. Over with. It's done. Because, that, because I have crucified the Does flesh. The word provision, uh, we talk about a lot. Does the word provision almost mean like an excuse? 
Let's go to the scripture. Uh, Romans chapter. Um, I can read thir- it. Romans chapter 13, verse 14 is the scripture you're taking that from. 14. Romans 13, verse 14. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That's what you need to wear. And make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. What does that mean? That means you don't give any place to the devil. Just what we were talking about. You don't give him any foothold. You don't get. You don't look at soft pornography. You don't look at any pornography. You stay away from the half-naked women or whatever your problem may be. You don't go around guys smoking dope or talking dope or any of that stuff. You don't get around that. You don't make any provision for the flesh. Yeah. Because you put on Jesus Christ. You can't put on Jesus Christ. You can't drink the cup of the devil and drink the cup of the Lord. If you're going to put on the Lord Jesus Christ, you're clothed in him. You walk in, in righteousness and holiness in the Lord. Not both, both places. You don't make any provision. You don't give any place to the devil. Same thing we were talking about in Ephesians 4, Ben. No place to the devil. Yeah, it's a Strong's number G4307. Forethought, that is, uh, provident care or supply. Providence, provision. Thayer says forethought, uh, providential care to make provision for a thing. So... Just like you wouldn't make provision if you weren't going to go swimming on a vacation, you wouldn't pack swimming trunks. So, <laughs> you know, That's good, Wes. It's not going to sin. You're not, you're not going to think. If you're not going to be preaching, we're all just going to sin in thought, word, and deed. Yeah. And if anybody is preaching that, they're making provision for the flesh. Amen. And they're going against yeah. this explicit command. Mm. Good, Wes. That's good, Wes. Good, Wes. Yeah, it's yeah. good. Amen. Listen, Wes, there's another one about suffer that I want to read in uh, Hebrews 5, <clears throat> in uh, verse 8 through 9. It says, though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things that he suffered. Talking about the Lord. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. What it's, about those that don't obey him? He's, <laughs> he's not the author of eternal salvation, <laughs> right? Salvation, That's right. That's Hebrews 5, 8 through no, 9. No, Hebrews 12 and 5. Isn't it? Hebrews 5, 8 through 9. Oh, you got me. <laughs> You're right. No, no, Hebrews 12, 14. Is, is the one I'm thinking of, yeah. Is without holiness. Without holiness. You know, man, we'll see but I, I like what, 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 um, what, what Glenn said, and, and, and I want to go back there because uh, I, I think we left some things out there, what Glenn was saying. Uh, we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Okay, first of all, if we stop right there, uh, Jesus took on flesh and blood just like us. He felt our same weaknesses. And that, that, that brings comfort to my heart that he did it to show me how to do it. You know, and, and he's saying that. I've, I've felt your weaknesses. I've gone through what you've gone through. All points, he was tempted just like us. So we, we confident in that he did it. So we could come to him and get that help through his word, through him, of, of being admonished, being encouraged. And yet he didn't sin. And all those points, he didn't sin. What a, what a great example. He, but the next verse. Hebrews 2. But the next verse, verse 16. So, you know, you ask this, um, you know, somebody asks this, well, what do I do when I, in that time of temptation? What do I do during that struggle? Verse 16 tells you. Let us therefore come boldly 
unto the throne of grace. So that what? So that you can find mercy and grace in that time of need. The grace is what is what empowers you. It causes you to walk in that it tells you to walk in that obedience. It teaches you to to walk in obedience and holiness in in, in the Lord. So when you come boldly, see, they couldn't do that in the Old Testament. No. But when Jesus died on the cross, can you tell me, do you remember what happened when, when Jesus gave up the ghost on the cross? What happened? What happened? Two things happened. What happened? Oh, sure. There was an the earthquake, veil. number the one. Was he took down the veil. The veil, was, the veil was cut in half mm-hmm. into the Holy of Holies. Yeah. So that you could come boldly into the Holy of Holies, to the throne of grace, and obtain mercy and grace in time of need. Yeah. When you're in that temptation, man, I'm going to, I'm going to the throne room. I'm going, I'm, I'm going to the throne room and I'm crying out to God. And my mind's going on the right things and I'm coming out of that. Amen. Amen. That's such a good point, Don, because most people think, you know, going boldly to the throne of grace to find help in, uh, it is just that the grace is going to cover the willful sin that you're in. But the reality right. is, if we're taking grace to what, like, Titus chapter 2 defines it as, yeah. it says the grace of God is appeared to all men, teaching us to deny ungodliness and worldly lust, that we might live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age. Hebrews chapter 12, verse, I think it's 29, it says, let us have grace that we may live acceptably with God, in godly, reverent with you know, reverence and godly, um, I'm paraphrasing, but that's what the grace is there for, so that when you're in the temptation, like what, uh, like what Don was teaching out of the Corinthians, that God makes of a way of escape that you might be able to bear up under. So you're running the throne of grace, divine help, that's the way of escape, so that you're not sinning. You know, it's not it's not to cover up your sin. And anybody t- that teaches that concept is doing what Jude says. You're turning the grace of God into lasciviousness, into a license to sin. And, and and that's not what the grace of God is there for. It's not to cover. It's to to it's to get to you enable you. Yeah. yeah. From hey Wes, so that verse is quoted in Hebrews twelve twenty eight. It says, wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, is what it says. So the grace is what is there to, to, for you to serve God, not for you to say, like Paul said, he says, uh, well, shall, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbids that kind of thinking. He said, God forbid. That's, he, that's Romans uh, 6, 6 and 1. God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? That's gone. But I was, uh, while you were in Hebrews, I was thinking of Hebrews 12, 1. I love that scripture. It says, Wherefore, seeing that you're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. We talked about uh, in 2 Corinthians 3 this morning about that we were walking epistles written and read of all men. So, you know, seeing that you're compassed about, that you're surrounded about by so great a cloud of witnesses, he, he says in, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset, beset us. So get rid of every sin in your life, he's saying. You're, you're being surrounded by other people that are looking at your life. You can't be a stumbling block for somebody else. You are, the, you are the, to be the light of the world. That others see your life and glorify God because you're living 
a holy life in the Lord and you separated yourself from, the, from that sin and you're living in holiness now and righteousness in Christ. Hebrews 12.1. Uh-huh. This morning, my daughter laughed. She's got her cat and I've got mine, okay? It's him and her. And they kind of, I don't know what one of them did, but anyway, they kind of like, you know, kind of got after it. And both of them were default. So <clears> I'm sitting in my recliner, I looked at him, and I said, Stop! Am I going to have to break out the oil and anoint both of you? That's my daughter laughed. Well, it says everything has right, praise the Lord. Do you know those two cats parted? There you go. Just that quick. She just looked at me. <laughs> well, All right. that's what it is. Okay, praise the Lord. Amen. Anybody have any comment on anything that we said? Everyone, anyone said? Anybody have something that they want to add to it? All right, you got, you got that, but, but, but Wes quoted a scripture, and that's such, so important that, that 1 Corinthians 10, 13, we go back to that, we quote that scripture a lot. No temptation has taken you, but such is this common to man. God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able. If you will walk in that, you will never fall into sin. Yeah. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Yeah, Ben? I'm still trying to understand. I'm having a, a, the Lord's showing, and I'm seeking about the grace because, for and I understand, and I, I maybe I don't understand the grace because I run into people on a day, and whether we just talk about this, and I'm just kind of reiterating it because I don't know how I'm supposed to be, brother. Where's the grace, brother? I don't understand. You gotta have more grace. God has His grace. And, and what we've been reading is that once you have gone to the, it's, a, it's in the book of Hebrews, once you've come to the revelation, you go back, there's no more sacrifice for your sin. Okay, so this grace that, because I'm going to tell you what, the modern day church, it is, they are really, where's the grace, brother? You got you to gotta show the grace. And if they're living in just complete filth, I don't know. I, I'm having a hard time even, even expressing to you what I'm, what I'm trying to say. But, um, you know, the Bible teaches that you're not supposed to even eat with these people. But you got to show them the love. So how do I show love? But I'm not willing to, I'm not even, I was commanded for me not even to eat with you. Really, that's scripture. So I can love you, but I, 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 I'm not going to fellowship. I mean, I'll sh- preach. But I'm not going to rub the elbows and hang out with you if you're not walking like it's according to, to walk. So I just said a whole lot, I know, I, you know. But that's really where, where I'm at in my life. Like the grace thing is, is a huge deal because I hear it all the time. Brother Ben, where's the grace, man? Where's the grace? Because you know what a person like myself will? I will run the grace into a big license to do whatever the heck I want to do. That God's going to forgive me. Maybe that's just me. I, I don't know. But the way that I live, I can hang on to that. Oh, brother, there's grace. I can do whatever the heck I want to do and, and, and sleep with the women and, and do the cussing and watch what I want to watch because God's going to forgive me. And it's, it's incorrect. Uh, somebody want to comment on that? 
I think I think what 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 the deal is is if you're going to be around somebody, they're either going to be pouring into you or you're going to be pouring into them. Mm -hmm. And once they start pouring into you, then that's where evil company, according to what the Bible says, begins to corrupt your good habit. Um, you know, so we're living in an age where everybody's calling themselves a Christian. You know what I mean? Like 80%. This wasn't the case when Jesus is dead. So I think where the Bible says where sin abound, grace abounds that much more, I think we still have to, because there's a great illusion that we're dealing with, we're dealing with the majority have been given over to a reprobate mind, and it's been by their choice, you know, by long practice habit, by nature, they become children of wrath. But in that state, because God pulled us out of it, you know, we have to we have to hate the garments that are defiled by the flesh, you know, at the same time while we're pulling them out of the fire. So we, just as God was patient, merciful, and loving towards us to pull us out of that delusion that we were in, uh, the, the, the false system of the church, we have to have that sick part towards other people that are in that system of lives. And, um, you know, at least the ones that you can see that are, are trying to at least hear you out on, you know, um, the, the truth that you have. Because you're going to see by, you're, you're, you're trying, you're first off, you shouldn't be winning them over by your good conduct, not by your great speech. <laughs> you know, so, but if they're really inquisitive and they're really wanting to know, kind of like Nicodemus with Jesus, like, you're, they're asking questions. And out of that, you know, uh, we should be able to be patient and kind and, um, and and really try try to labor with them, you know, to show them the truth. Um, you know, and that doesn't mean just hanging out with them day in and day out while, while they're living in the flesh. But, you know, I wouldn't just cut them off and be like, hey, you know what, I can't have any fellowship with you. I can't talk with you because you're calling yourself a Christian and I know that, you know, you have sin in your life. Um, I think there's a proper balance in that, and you'll have to you'll have to go with you know whatever your conscience is telling you at the time, and be able to weigh that you know within yourself. That's that would be my counsel. Let, let me let me share something too along with what what he's what Wes is saying. Um, for, for one thing, let me share this. This is very important. Preach the gospel. Amen. Don't let anybody sit there and condemn you for telling the truth and speaking out against sin. The thing that the enemy would like to do is to shut you up, yeah. every one of you. Mm -hmm. And what he'll use is he'll use human guys, like I said, not guys, but G-U-I-S-E, humans to come at you that seemingly are religious or seemingly or even walk, maybe they say they walk in righteous, to come and condemn you for sharing the truth. The devil wants to shut you up. Okay, so be aware of that. Number two. All, your, all of my life, as when I was in the modern-day church system, I was taught that the grace of God was unmerited favor, yeah. undeserved favor. That's what you were taught. And that you were taught that you did not deserve your salvation, that you did nothing for it, and it was just a gift from God, and you didn't really have to repent or anything, that this was just given to you by grace. Therefore, if you, if you die in your sin, you were, saved, you were saved at that point of grace, and you're going to go into heaven with grace with your sin. Yeah. That is a lie. Yeah. That was a lie that was being told. The Bible explicitly defines what grace is. 
And grace is, grace has been given to every man, like he said in Titus chapter 2, verse 11, teaching us to deny ungodliness, worldly lust, and to live soberly righteous lives in Christ Jesus. Paul even said this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. He said this, he says, I wasn't even worthy to be a disciple, to be an apostle. He said, I was the least of them because I persecuted the church. Yet labored I more abundantly than all of us, but yet it was not me, but it was the grace of God that was in me. The grace of God is what's teaching you, what's driving you. That, that's, that's the grace of God, to walk righteously. It's not a grace of God that is excusing sin. What they're saying by when they say that to you, Ben, is they're saying, just cover over people's sins. Just let that go. Give them some grace, that unmerited favor that they want to call up, and say you're okay like you are. No, that's not what Christ did. Christ called out sin. Paul called out sin. Uh, Stephen called out sin, and he got all of them killed. If they were doing what the people wanted them to do and giving them what they called the grace, they would have never got persecuted and killed the way they did. If you're going to preach this gospel and preach the truth to mankind, you are going to get persecuted. If you're not being persecuted, there's something wrong. Because he says all that live godly shall be persecuted. You are going to be, get evil talked of. You are going to get shunned. You're going to get disfellowship. You're going to get kicked out. They're going to tell you you don't have any grace. They're going to tell you all those things because the enemy wants to shut you up. The enemy wants to stop the work of God. Don't you dare let anybody come at you and quench that fire that God has put in there. Get that fire hotter. Preach that gospel harder. Don't hold back no matter what anybody says or what they get offended by what you say if, if it's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. The thing the enemy wants to do is to come at you and shut you up. Don't let him do that. And that's what the enemy tries to do by doing it. Because if you'll notice, if you'll start listening to that stuff, you know what you'll start doing? You'll start being quiet, not telling people. You'll fit right into that church system that's going on right now. Go along to get along. And that's not what God has. Yeah. Uh -huh. the other gospel. That's the gospel. Oh, praise God. So I was, I was at an egg a couple weeks ago, and uh, I don't know the guy that shared yeah. about his walk, really, but he was sharing some pretty good stuff, and then he mentioned the word Jesus Christ. Hmm. Well, then the next guy was one of these supposed guys that are doing the deal and not Shut him up. Just the name of Jesus Christ made people cringy. Yes. Mm -hmm. And here I was, I was thinking he was coming with some good stuff. You know, and I appreciate it to hear that because you don't hear it anymore. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it, was, it goes along exactly what you were saying. Mm -hmm. you know, the enemy does not want, doesn't even want his name called out. You know? we're, we're living in, in the worst age that, is, that anybody has ever lived in. Uh, as far as what I see in the Bible. And Paul warned of that before his departing. He said, after my departing in Acts chapter 20, shall grievous wolves come in among you, not sparing the flock. He said that in, in the book of Timothy, he says they would be deceived themselves and would be deceiving others as time went on. Time has gone on, and this is what's happened. The enemy wants to shut you up more than ever because we live in the worst time and the most immoral time that, that we, we ever seen. You, you're older, you know we're what it was like even when we were young compared to today, it's the immorality <laughs> is, has, has grown to such an extent, it's horrible. 
Yeah, and, that, and, 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 and if you shut up, that's exactly what the enemy wants. Right. And I will encourage you, every one of you, put your mind on the Lord. Don't listen to that junk to try to get you quieten up or to, or to give you, say, you speak with more grace and more this and that. Preach the gospel. Get loud with it. I don't care if you're in Mason's Grill and you're loud preaching the gospel. Thank God for you. Let him hear you. You know, preach the, preach the truth. People need to do it. You know why? Because they go, they've got people going to hell. We've got a mission to tell the truth mm -hmm. and get people out of that false doctrine that they're in, thinking they're right with God, and they're not. You cannot hold this back. This is the truth that needs to be spoken to every person out there. Amen. And I'm depending on you, and I'm depending on myself and others to speak the truth. Amen. Don't let the devil shut you up. And they know the truth. Walk forward. That's right. Amen. They Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Well, we didn't get to James. But you know what's more necessary? What's more necessary is we've got two two of you brothers here. I want to help you guys. I want to answer your questions. We wanted to be there for you, and I hope it was encouraging to you tonight, as it was for hopefully for everyone, and that it will cause you to totally repent, totally walk in the Lord. Are you encouraged tonight? Very encouraged. Praise God. Are you encouraged tonight? Absolutely. Praise the Lord. Amen. Anybody want to say anything for uh, the Skype or anything? We'll I'd, like, uh, I'd like to add something. Okay. I'd like to add something here. Hello? Hello. Hello, go ahead. Go ahead, Glenn. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, I got a struggle with this verse where it says, uh, um, when the, you, the God will make, uh, he will make, he will, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape? And I often ask the Lord, well, what's that escape thing? What's that, what's, what's an escape? What, uh, practically, what does that mean? Uh, I think I'm learning something, I'm learning a secret lately, but I've been tempted um, to immediately go to God if I can get myself alone, especially, and to say to Jesus, uh, I exalt you, Lord. I praise you. I just want to magnify you at this moment. Yeah. Glorify you, Lord. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. You are greater than this temptation. Yes. Praise the Lord for everything you've done that's for good, my life. Yes. And, and that, I find it's very, very helpful, very yeah. strong to get that temptation that out of my mind, you know. Amen. I feel like I'm learning a secret. I'm preaching to myself here more than anyone. But I, I'm just praying that Good. it will help someone. If you do that, you'll find, if you find that, say, Lord, I just want to exalt you. I want to exalt you over this town, town where I live, over this street. You are Lord over this street, over this town I live. You are Lord over my life. Jesus, I exalt you. Lord, hallelujah, praise you, Lord. Amen. I think that, <laughs> Amen. That's very powerful. Yeah, he said, he, he says, Glenn, that he dwells in the midst of praise. And, of course, when you do that, begin to do that, your mind gets off of the situation. Your mind is on the Lord. So you're putting your mind on good things. And he also uses different ways. It could be a way of escape. For instance, if a person's in the midst of a crowd and there's things, and there's things that are going on in that crowd that are not right, his way of, may, of escape may be to get away from that crowd. So there's a lot of different ways of escape, but he will give you that way of escape in one of course, like you said, is a, is a tremendous way of escape. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen.
Anybody else? Just, Don and Claire, you guys there or not? Don and Claire not there. Sure. That's Claire. Claire, go ahead. Uh, y'all share something with us tonight. Uh, Don and Claire, did you enjoy tonight? What's going on? Uh, it's a wonderful night, man. I'm glad we were able to join in. Amen. Every time I had something on my heart to share, it came right out of your mouth. <laughs> Amen, brother. That's being like-minded, brother. That's good. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. It's good to have you, every one of you with us tonight. What a, what a tremendous blessing to be able to fellowship with all you guys on the road in uh, Australia and uh, all over the United States and world. Uh, isn't it a blessing, guys, to have these guys with us? Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, anybody else have anything that they want to uh, say before we uh, close out? I just wanted to say that uh, along with what you're saying is, you know, you're persecuted for righteousness, and uh, that's pretty much a promise, you know, for anybody that's um, no servant is greater than his master. Uh, the way that they treated Jesus, they're going to treat us, and you know, blessed are you who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. It's it's not those who are persecuted for unrighteousness' sake, and I think you made that clear in Galatians chapter one that it's because you're preaching the, the true gospel and, it, and it, you know, uh, being crucified with Christ and dying. But uh, John chapter seven, verse seven says, um, uh, let's see, the world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify of it that its works are evil. So the reason why they hated Jesus, you know, is because he testified that their works were evil, and that's why they're going to hate us. Um, that's the basic concept. Peter says they think it's strange that you don't run with it in the same flood of dissipation, and that's why they speak evil of you. And not running with it in the flood of dissipation is not, not, not you, know, you know, Peter defines that as not going to their drinking parties, not living for the world, not living after the desires of the world. Um, and that's why they speak evil of you, and that's why they speak evil of us, um, because because we're not living like them, because we're not living like the world. And Jesus says, if you live like the world, that the world would have received you gladly. It's because we're not living like them, and we're living separate, we're living holy, and and that's and and out of doing that, you're exposing, you know, how they're living, and that's why they hate you, and that's why they hated Jesus. That's why they crucified him. Amen. Another scripture, and I'll be the last one I'll, I'll say, but they, I want to add this to what you said, Wes. In John chapter 3, uh, verse 19 through 21, it says this, And this is the condemnation, that light, Jesus, is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light. That's just the natural way, right? We all went the way of darkness. Because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hates the light. So you think he's, the people are going to love you? And you walking in the light, you doing light? They hate that because you make, you're making them feel under conviction. So they want to come at you, oh, you have to shoot more grace, you have to do this and that. Because they're under conviction. Neither did they come to the light. Why? Lest their, his deeds should be reproved, examined. They, if they come to the light, they, they see everything. They don't want to see everything. But he that doeth truth comes to the light. You came to the light tonight, Braxton. You came to the light. Hallelujah. You come to the light that his deeds may be manifest. I'm open before you, God. 
that they are wanting God. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing in our life. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Chapter 6 in John, verse 27. What's that? Chapter 6, John. You close the scriptures now, girl. <laughs> 627. Go ahead. Labor not for the meat that perishes. And not work for the food mm. which perishes. That's right. So how are we supposed to get jobs? Oh, no. What, when he says labor not for, for the meat, he's talking to a people that had just come from, he had just fed like 5,000 people. Right. And he's, he's come from them, and they crossed the sea and all trying to find Jesus because he, they wanted him to take care of him. He says, you seek me not because of the miracles, but you seek me because of the uh, because you want something to eat because for the loaves and the fishes. Yeah. So he's saying, okay. don't, don't, he's not saying don't work. He's saying labor in your spirit, not for the meat that perish, but, but give diligence for, for, for that meat that endures to eternal life. And he says, and this is that this is the work of the Lord to believe on the one whom the Father has sent. He says that right after that. Okay? Got it. Amen.
Hallelujah.